with us in studying the living and active Word of God. His two-edged sword of law and gospel, recorded for you in Holy Scripture, all about Jesus Christ, crucified, risen, and ascended for you. Thanks for tuning in this morning here on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. I'm your host, Pastor Timothy Apple of Faith Lutheran Church in Godfrey, Illinois. Thank you to our generous underwriters on Sharper Iron, the Lutheran Church Extension Fund, where your investments help support the work of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Visit lcef.org for more information. And Luther Classical College, college for Lutherans by Lutherans, opening in fall 2025. Learn more at lutherclassical.org. On this Tuesday, April 4th, we are studying John chapter 18, verses 28 to 40. In today's text, Jesus is brought to trial before the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate. To help us sharpen our faith in Christ as we study God's Word today, we have with us returning guest, Pastor Richard Mitwitty. Pastor Mitwitty serves at University Lutheran Church in Austin, Texas. Pastor Mitwitty, welcome back to Sharp Iron. Thank you very much, Pastor Apple. Great to be here. So we get started today, Pastor Mitwitty. Help us with some context. We find ourselves in the Passion of our Lord, according to St. John. What should we know about the context as we prepare to look at our selected verses for today? Well, in, in chapter 17, of course, uh, Jesus was on trial before um, uh, Annas, one of the priests, and then then goes to uh, Caiaphas's place, uh, the high priest, uh, for, for interrogation there. And John doesn't write too much about that, actually. Um, and uh, uh, in fact, he concentrates more on Peter's denial there than, than he does. Uh, and interesting, Caiaphas's uh, uh, palace has been has been identified to, uh, today. And uh, uh, on, on Earth was you know a very lavish house uh, that he had a, 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 a dungeon for prisoners. Even the supposed pit that Jesus was put in uh, when he was held there. Um, but it's also the place of, uh, of of Peter's denial. There's a, a Great, beautiful, uh, fairly modern church there, uh, St. Peter Galicantu, you know, the, the rooster uh, there, and even even some first century steps that have been uncovered that probably Jesus walked down from, from uh, Caiaphas's house toward the Antonia Fortress. Hmm. Now, you've, you've been to Jerusalem in fairly recent memory, right? Uh, back in January, yes. Okay, yeah. So that's that's fairly recent memory, yeah. sir. So so you've, I mean, you've you've been to some of these places that we're going to read about in, I mean, not that long ago. So talk to us a little bit about you know, what we should be imagining in our minds as you as you've seen them recently. Um, well, I'm always amazed when I go there the the, the 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 distance of things where where Jesus has his last supper at the upper room, which is kind of the Mount Zion area. Then the, then he and the disciples walk all the way to the to the Mount of Olives, which is a, a good. A, a good mile or more than a mile uh, to, to there. He's arrested, then drug more than a mile over to uh, the, the, uh, the trial at, at uh, Annas and Caiaphas's house. And then they take him all the way over to the Antonia Fortress, which is about another uh, another mile or, or more to there. So uh, yeah, again, seeing those steps and say, say, yeah, they, they probably, this is the route they took. Uh, they didn't have as you know many houses to go around, you know, as we have sure. these there, but uh, um, and and Caiaphas's palace—that's pretty believable. That that that's the, the place there, and the uh, uh, the dungeon, and, and the places there. Um, and to, to, to be you know somewhat humbled by you know, this, this is where Peter did his thing too, and uh, the, uh, the the chapel is uh, in 
in memory of that event, our, our, our ability, yeah. the times we deny as well. So, uh, yeah, great. Yeah, that that's quite, I mean, I know we're, we're past Peter's denial at this point with the text we have, but just thinking about that, that's quite something that there would be a church commemorating the event like Peter's denial. It's, it's only in, in something like Christianity, which is centered on the forgiveness of sins found in Jesus Christ, where you would commemorate an event that otherwise would be terribly humiliating, mm. but it becomes an opportunity to, to remember the mercy of Christ uh, that he showed to Peter, even in the midst of those denials. Yeah, it, indeed. It's, it's transparent with our guilt, but very transparent with Christ's love for us, too. So in today's text, in the, in the first verse we're going to read, Jesus will be led from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. So you said from Caiaphas's house to the governor's headquarters, that's a, about a mile walk that Jesus is going to go at le- on here? At least, yeah. Okay, okay. So he's going to travel about a mile. We have not heard, at least from St. John at this point, about too many beatings of Jesus. We know from the Synoptic Gospels that there was mockery and some beating of Jesus that happened already at that trial before Annas and Caiaphas. John hasn't told us that, but just picturing Jesus here, he's not perhaps as as bloody as you you picture him later on, but he's certainly under distress physically, emotionally, we've known. And yet at the same time, the thing that John has been emphasizing all along, and I think we will see in our text again today, is the steadfastness and the willingness of Jesus as he goes not for his life to be taken away from him, but for him to actually lay his life down for the sake of sinners. So we're going to pick up the text. This is John 18, beginning at verse 28. Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled, but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to him, said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. But you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber. That is our text for today. That is John 18, verses 28 to 40. All right, so Pastor Mitwitty, as we've been saying, at this point, Jesus is taken from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters to go before Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor. Let's just talk a little bit about why Pilate gets involved at all. What, I mean, why? I guess there's many reasons that the text could present to us. Why, why are we seeing 
the involvement of the Romans all well, oh, I take that back. We have had Roman soldiers with us, so the Romans haven't been absent. There were Roman soldiers already in the garden. But but why now are we getting the official Roman authority of the governor involved here? Let's talk about that. Well, as I as I understand it at the time, they, they, they just got to deal with it. Whenever stuff is brought to to the governor or to the Romans, they they have to deal with it. They're in charge. They're they're occupying the, the, the territory. They're they're basically the law. So if there's a, a problem, they they have to bring it to them. And Pilate's got to deal with it. That's so. I just he's um, the, the 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 Jews want the, the Romans involved because they, they they want Jesus put to death. Yeah. And as as I understand it, they they actually and I could be wrong on this, and I'd love to be you know enlightened about that. But they they still can stone people. Um, which is why they, they they get away with it with Stephen, you know, in in, in Acts that they they can they can stone, um, but they 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 want the Romans to have a hand in on this. Um, um, yeah, I I think I think you are right. I, I believe I've read that as well. That the the Jews did retain at least some sort of well, they certainly had some sort of self government, not not a ton, but they had some self government. And the, the right for them to stone someone, I think, remained to a certain degree, such that, as you pointed out, what happens in Acts chapter 7 with the stoning of Stephen isn't entirely illegal. It seems a little underhanded at the very least, but perhaps isn't going to raise the eyebrows of the Romans mm-hmm. in the sense that sometimes maybe we, we think that they have absolutely no right to do that. It does seem they have some kind of right, right. to do something. But again, if... Uh, I, that's that's been my understanding recently, but I, I would would happy be happy to to know more if, if someone has a, a little bit more information on that. Send yeah. us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org. But that is my understanding as well. Right. But the the KFS and the and the Jews at this point they do uh, get the Romans involved, and it does seem they they want that. Well, there's uh, there's a couple things going on, and and one thing that we shouldn't miss is the way that John the Evangelist will tell us one of the reasons that they get involved has less to do with anything the Jews have in mind or Pontius Pilate has in mind, but it has much more to do with what Jesus has said. Right, right. So let, let's yeah. talk about, about the various things that might be going on and, and the things that we do know mm-hmm. when it comes to the Romans' involvement as to the why. Okay. Well, Jesus is really popular at the time. Oh, I think that was evidence that with, with his triumphal entry, it's like, you know, we, that the Pharisees don't want to do away with him. They got to do it, you know, kind of, you know, in, in, a, in an easy way so we don't cause a revolt here. Uh, and if Jesus is killed by, at the hand of the Sanhedrin, well, then they get the blame for it. Now, the Sanhedrin, they, if we get the Romans involved, well, they're to blame for, 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 his, for, for his death. Uh, that could be a reason. It also, um, according to Deuteronomy, hanging on a tree you know, is, a, uh, is a curse. And this will make Jesus make even, look even worse if he's crucified. If he's put to it by stoning, okay, that's their own own own, own doing, according to the religion. But now, if he's if he's crucified, hanging out a tree, this guy was cursed, so he was bad to begin with. So the people might ease up on him there. Um, but I but 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 more so, this this Jesus says he's going to be lifted up. This is the death by which he's going to 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 die. And, John tells us that in chapter twelve, and 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 also in, in chapter three, where he he mentions he's the Son of Man must be lifted up, and, and so that's he's he's going to be killed in this manner, um, 
and and to be delivered to the Gentiles. Jesus, you know, talks about that too, uh, not in John but in Matthew and Mark, uh, that he'd be delivered to the Gentiles. And I I, I, I think the the um, purpose of that is that is that Jesus is dying for the whole world, and so the whole world, Jews. Gentiles all yeah. would be involved in his death, yeah. and and the blood of Jesus is on all of our hands <laughs> at, at that you know mea, yeah. mea culpa that we we all are. But but his forgiveness is for all. That this lifted up, this dying for the world is 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 for all for the forgiveness. That yeah, there's blood on our hands, but uh, he washes it whiter than snow. You know, in, in mm. Psalm fifty one there, and and that's more than Pilate could wash off <laughs> from, with, from, right. from, from his own hands there. So. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, definitely. Jesus has said this is the way it's going to go, but uh, these these other reasons too are, are, are kind of interesting to note. I think. Well, you know what you've said about Jesus being popular and the the Pharisees, the scribes being afraid of the people. Mm. I mean, we know that from other accounts that are given mm. during Holy Week, mm-hmm. where they're afraid to answer some of Jesus' questions because they are afraid of what the people will say about them. Yeah. And so to, you know, to to try to move away perhaps some of the some of the guilt for this if if there's some going to be some pushback and put it on the Romans that would make sense and and as you said you know knowing that he's going to be or the death they're going to push for at least is the crucifixion and the hanging on the tree to make Jesus look bad mm-hmm. certainly the mockery that Jesus receives later on the cross and they you know I mean that's I think part of it that how how could you be the son of god when you're the one that's up on the cross that's that's going to be part of part of their plan as well. Yeah. You know, it, it does say within this text, they admit that they don't have the, they say it's not lawful for us to put anyone to death as we were talking a little bit about that. You know, you do kind of wonder if maybe the thing that happens with Stephen then is, is just them overstepping their bounds because they've gotten so angry by that point. Or, or if something has changed historically o- over those few years that, that make it different, perhaps what happens here under Pontius Pilate, the authority they have here versus the authority maybe they would have later. Again, not not entirely sure on that, but they they at least at this point are going to say, "Hey, this isn't our right. We can't do this." Mm. They want to put it onto Pilate, but I, I think the thing that John points out to us there in verse thirty two is the key that that John sees in all of this and wants us to see all of this less about the the human will that's involved. What what do the Jews have in mind? What is Pontius Pilate trying to do? But rather, all of this is actually happening to fulfill Jesus' own word. Yeah. And again, that I think that really highlights the theme that John has showed us throughout, that Jesus is doing this of his own accord. He knows what's happening. He goes willingly. He goes knowingly. And he's doing that, as you said, for the forgiveness of sins of all people, not just the Jews, but, but of the Romans, of the whole world as well. Everyone's involved in his death, and everyone is can receive the benefits of his death through faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, verse thirty-two is kind of enough said, <laughs> right there. Really, that's well. That's the yeah, and that that's where all those. I mean, all the other things I think are are there in the background, and you can you can see them in various ways. Not only from the narrative we have in John, but from the Synoptic Gospels as well. But that's really where John wants us to see what's happening. This is all fulfilling what Jesus had spoken, right? And that's you know just to think about to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken is quite something. And I think we, we talked about this in the first part of John 18. This, this was to, in verse 9 of this chapter, this was to fulfill the word that he, Jesus, had spoken. So this is now the, the second time Jesus' own word has been fulfilled. 
when when I read the Gospels and I hear about a word being fulfilled, I'm usually thinking about, oh, I'm going to hear something from the Old Testament. But this now, in the course of this chapter, is the second time we've heard about Jesus' own word being fulfilled, mm-hmm. which is a, just another reminder of, you know, the word of Jesus is the word of God on the same level as, as the word of God in the Old Testament. And it bears all that authority, and it is being fulfilled just as he had spoken it. So yeah. that's where that's where John really points us to the the reasoning for what's happening now, where the Jews take Jesus from the house of Caiaphas now to the governor's palace mm-hmm. to the Antonia fortress. Any more more thoughts on the the movement? What we've talked about so far before we look at now the the conversation with Jesus and Pilate. Now let's move on. Okay. So the the Jews have not entered into the governor's palace, the governor's headquarters, because they do not want to be defiled, but could eat the Passover. That's, you know, we kind of skipped over that. There's a little bit of irony there, I suppose. They don't want to be defiled by entering the house of the Gentile, (laughs) uh, but they have no problem with what they're about to do to Jesus. Yeah, so they they have no problem with Jesus going in there. Uh, Yeah, yeah, he's okay. You're going to be dead anyway. (laughs) Well, and, and just that, you know, their sort of duplicity on the, on the outward, uh, and from an outward view, they're like, oh, we can't do that because we want to remain clean. But in terms of their, yeah. you know, what they've been doing to Jesus all along, and now what's about to happen to Jesus, they have no problem doing those things. So, it, you know, you see how their, their motives are not actually as pure as they would make them out to be. They are those, you know, as Jesus calls them elsewhere, whitewashed tombs. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, good, good. So, but I, I bring that out because then what happens is, since they're not going to go into the governor's headquarters, they're going to stay outside. Pilate has come outside to talk to them, but now he's going to talk to Jesus alone. So he's going to speak to him privately in his headquarters. And the, the first question that Pilate asks is, are you the king of the Jews? So to so talk to us about the question that Pilate asks. Um, yeah, the, the, this, this private meeting, it's only like two stages here. There's the public trial, and there's this, 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 this private thing here. Um and, and, and this meeting that they have here, this is such a great scene in, in the movie, The Passion of the Christ. If you've seen it here, is where, where Pilate has this private meeting. And it, 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 the film is done in, in, in language of the time of Jesus. When they, they were, it was, it's, it's in Aramaic, mostly, with, with subtitles. And, and when, when Pilate asks Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? He asks it in, in Aramaic in, in, in the film. And Jesus answers him in Latin. And that's Pilate's first language. You know, Pilate knows Aramaic because he has to deal with the Jews here. Uh, but 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 that his 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 mother tongue is Latin. And and, and Pilate is shocked. He's like, you know, why do you know Latin? <laughs> what, 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 what Jew today would, would, would speak Latin? That that would be, you know, you know, terrible. And so they're shocked. So they continue then in Latin. In, in, in speaking, so I, th- I think it's a, such, such a great scene in there where just Jesus just starts, you know, gibbering off in, in, in Latin. It's great. That that would be the kind of thing that I would like to be true, but I have no idea if it is. Of no, course, no, probably not. You know, but 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 in the but, movie, and probably isn't. That's right. But the movie is like, oh, that's a nice touch because because it was clearly it starts speaking in Latin. It's like, oh my gosh, and the look on their face. I I, I love that scene. Um, but but it's interesting. Are, are you the king of the Jews? You know, the, the, the Jews haven't charged him with that. You know, they, they said, you know, you know, this, this, you know, said, you know, what is this guy doing wrong? He says, we hadn't have brought him here uh, if, if, if we didn't think he did something wrong. He says, well, Pilate says, well, you judge him. It's something religious. Um, but Pilate brings up this, this 
king of the Jews thing. Where, where, where did he get that from? Uh, I mean, eventually that's what kind of comes around in, in, in the charge. But um, I guess we don't know. He may have had some sort of gotten some sort of word prior or, 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 or something. But that seems to be his biggest concern. He, he comes right out with that. Are you the king of the Jews? And, and that question is in all four Gospels. Uh, apparently, and, and and Jesus, you know, con- confirms it that, that that he is a king. But uh, it's different than Caiaphas's question earlier. It, it, at least in Matthew, are you the Messiah? Mm. Uh, Pilate is keeping it political. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he knows there's already one of those. That's Herod. Herod has that title. But but is Jesus guilty of of claiming it? Is he guilty of a crime against Rome? That's his concern. Right. Here. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's and that's Pilate's job here. Pilate is to keep the peace for the sake of Rome con- remaining in control, for the sake of not letting there be any kind of a rebellion or an uprising or a disturbance of the peace. Pilate, in terms of the religious questions, that's not what he's really caring about, at least from the outset. He he doesn't go in there wondering in in the terms of any Jewish squabbles as he might think them, mm-hmm. he wants to know what are the ramifications for what's going on for Roman power? Is this going to you know, affect me as, a, as the governor? Do I need to stop a rebellion? Those are the kinds of questions that he's going to be concerned with. And so for him to ask this question, are you the king of the Jews, makes perfect sense that that's the one he would lead with because that, and, and however he heard it, whether it has been from the chief priests and scribes at some point that's not recorded for us, uh, because as you pointed out, you know, there is no, there's no actual charge leveled against Jesus at this point. They just say, hey, we wouldn't have brought him if, if he wasn't doing something wrong. Right. You know, that's, that, that's not really a charge. No, it's not. So some, somewhere along the line, or if there are rumors about, about Jesus you know, that are swirling, surely there are rumors swirling about Jesus in Jerusalem. The, the news of Palm Sunday could have reached Pilate's ear. There's a number of ways that, that perhaps this title, King of the Jews, and the kingship language that was used on Palm Sunday might be the, the source. Mm-hmm. It could have somehow reached Pilate, and that's going to be his concern. Are you, are you trying to rival Herod? Are you going to lead an uprising against Rome? Mm-hmm. What does this mean if you really are the King of the Jews? That's what Pilate wants to talk about. Yeah. Now, the reason, as, as you mentioned, the, the scene from The Passion of the Christ— the reason I, I kind of I, I would love for that to be true, although it seems rather unlikely, perhaps. Yeah. But the the thing about it is that that that's an at least as it functions within the movie, that's an example of Jesus turning the tables a little bit. Indeed. And and that's re- I think that does come through in the text mm-hmm. that that Jesus turns the tables on Pilate, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday when it came to Jesus' trial before the high priest that as John records it especially, it really turns into the high priest being on trial. What do you think about Jesus? Will you believe him or not? Mm-hmm. And I think something very similar happens here when Jesus is on trial before Pilate. It almost ends up being Pilate on trial as to the way he's going to handle this and what what is he going to do with Jesus and what's he going to think or believe about Jesus. Mm-hmm. So Jesus regardless of what language they were speaking, he does start to turn the tables in verse 34. Tell us, show us what Jesus does there in, in the way he responds to Pilate. Yeah, it's, just, 
you know, Jesus is saying, because essentially, you know, where did you get this from? You know, are, are you are you speaking on your own here or, or, or all this? It, 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 so many times where it, it's a simple yes or no question put to Jesus and he doesn't answer it <laughs> with the with the Pharisees and, and the Sadducees. So many times he's questioned. He, he, they, they, they put a, a, a yes or no question at him and he he asks questions and and, 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 and turn, turns the tables. That's you said that really really well there. To to, to say to kind of to Pilate, you know, I'm in charge. <laughs> I'm in charge here, and this is going to play out with with my suffering and death, and 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 the forgiveness of sins being won for the world here. It, you know, Pilate doesn't know that, but he says he's, he's, he's not in charge because he's trying to one up Pilate. But no, he says. I've got a mission and I'm going to carry it out here. And, 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 and for Pilate, he's, he's, you know, kind of in a way, you know, you know, kind of questioning him to, 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 to move things along here. He says, where, 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 you know, where did you get this from? And Pilate's answer is great. You know, am I a Jew? Kind of basically, I don't care in, in, in a way about your religion, but um, uh, Pilate doesn't get it. And, and neither, right. neither do the Jews, well, neither do the disciples for, for that much here. But uh, um, uh, his, uh, uh, for, for, for Pilate, th- this is going to become the issue. Is he a king? The Jews are, are going to throw that at him. And eventually that's why he's going to be, he's, he's going to be crucified. And, and even Pilate brings him out, you know, behold the man, you know, kind of in a way, right. in a way mocking the Jews. You know, here's your king, got a purple robe on. He's all that, and then to, to, to put the titleist, you know, the uh, the, 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 right. the sign above him, he said, "Here's your king," you know. So, so for 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 Pilate, he he doesn't get it. Of course, he probably at this point shouldn't get it, but uh, it just becomes for him um, a, a way of mocking the Jews. Yeah, um, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and and so that that term that Pilate brings up, the King of the Jews will remain important for the rest of the conversation that Jesus and Pilate have there in the headquarters, and it continues to be important through the rest of the Passion narrative into the crucifixion, and it's still important for us as Christians today. So we're going to get plenty of time to consider for us what does it mean that Jesus truly is King. We're going to do that on the other side of the break. You're listening to Sharper Iron here on KFUO. We're talking to Pastor Richard Mitwitty this morning about John chapter 18. We will be right back. Please stick around. What do you think of when you hear the word college? Expensive? Liberal? Woke? Imagine a college that is affordable. A college that is unapologetically conservative and Lutheran. A college that won't take a dime of federal funding. A college that teaches the best of our Western heritage. A college where students grow in the Christian faith instead of leaving it behind. This is Luther Classical College. A college by Lutherans and for Lutherans. Visit our website, lutherclassical.org. Subscribe, become a patron, and join the thousands who are making Luther Classical College a reality. Welcome back to Sharper Iron. It is Tuesday, April 4th. We're studying John chapter 18, verses 28 to 40 with Pastor Richard Mitwitty. He serves at University Lutheran Church in Austin, Texas. 
Pastor Mitwitty, prior to the break, we were looking at Jesus and Pilate and their conversation together. Pilate thinks that he has Jesus on trial, and he brings up the matter of the king of the Jews. But as the conversation progresses, I think it becomes more apparent that Pilate is actually the one who is put on trial and is being forced to consider what is he going to do with this Jesus, and not just in the sense of, are you going to put him on a cross or not, but will you believe in him or not? Will you believe his words to be true, or will you believe someone else's words about him to be true? And those someone else's words, those words have malicious intent toward Jesus. So I, I think that's really where Jesus is, is getting at when he says, you know, do you say this of your own accord or did others say it about you or say it to you about me? Like, think about the truth here, Pilate, and that word will become important later as well. Mm-hmm. Think about, you know, look, really look at the, the facts, Pilate, and think about, Jesus would say, who, who I am. That's what this is going to revolve around. And it's not just going to be who is Jesus, but Pilate, who do you say that Jesus is? Those those kinds of questions I really think are going to come into play. Mm-hmm. Now, as you said, Pilate's initial response is is just sort of, you know, what what this is, what are you talking about? I'm not a Jew. This is a matter of your religion. They've delivered you over to me. So what did you do? It's it's quite striking there in verse 35. Pilate's Pilate's response almost starts to echo what he was told by the the chief priests to from the beginning. You know, they they said, we wouldn't have brought him here if he hadn't done anything wrong. And Pilate says, hey, they brought you here. You must have done something wrong. <laughs> so I guess Pilate at this point hasn't really gotten what Jesus is trying to, to get to before him. And so Jesus is going to now talk about this matter of him being a kingdom or him, him having a kingdom, excuse me. So this is these are the words of Jesus we get in verse 36. He answers, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from the world. So Jesus uses the language of king, kingdom. What is he telling Pilate here? Yeah, this this is the, pardon the pun, this is the crux of the whole matter. Here. There you go. That, uh, that Jesus is a king. And what, in good Lutheran fashion, what, what does that mean? And that he has a kingdom here. And our initial human thought about king and a kingdom is usually power and authority, you know, ruling and, and, and controlling and that sort of thing here. And, and, and Jesus's kingdom is, 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 is not that. Uh, the, the, the kingdom of, of God, Jesus's kingdom is, isn't so much a place. Do we think about a kingdom as, as a place, but, but it's his work. It's not the location of his ruling, but how Jesus rules. Right. Um, with, with the kingdom of God, with Jesus' kingdom, this is, this is the action of God. This is the action of God through Jesus to save the world, through, through his works and, and, and his words to us. That, 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 that the reign of God you know, invades our world. I think it's a good way to put it with, with, with a different kind of reigning, different kind of ruling yeah. um, that it, uh, it, it's, it's a ruling of, uh, of, of, uh, of peace and justice and righteousness. Um, Psalm 154, when it talks about, you know, they, 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 they speak of God's glory, of, of your kingdom 
of of his mighty deeds. Yeah. Um, and 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 Psalm forty five that that the, the kingdom of God is a scepter of uprightness. It, it's 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 reigning by by action, and particularly his his action of, of mercy and grace for us. This is the way God rules. This is Jesus's kingdom is through grace and mercy and forgiveness. Yeah. It's not by power or control or authority as, as, as we think about it. That's right. And, and so I just, I think this is an important point as we think about Jesus words in verse 36, so that when he says, my kingdom is not of this world or later, not from the world, that doesn't mean that his kingdom doesn't manifest itself in this world. If you think about the good news that Jesus came proclaiming, the kingdom of God is at hand. So he is making that kingdom manifest here and now mm -hmm. in his own life, his person, his work. He's making it manifest in the world. When Jesus says the kingdom is not of the world, what he means is he reigns as king in a way that is different than the world. Yeah and the, the kings of this world reign. Exactly. And, the, and the way you, you see that, especially in, in the context of verse 36, is that's what Jesus says in the next sentence. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting. So if, if Jesus were a king, like all the kings of this world, then Peter would have been right to do what he did just a few verses earlier in chopping off the servant's ear and doing even worse damage with the sword that he had pulled out. Mm -hmm. But at that moment, Jesus said, no, no. Put your sword back into its sheath, because that is not the type of king that Jesus is. He is not the one who has come to rule with the sword. But in fact, the way that he's going to rule is, is precisely what you've pointed us to already. He's going to rule by going to the cross, mm -hmm. where Pilate's going to put that sign and, and probably means it in mockery against the chief priests and the Jews and maybe against Jesus, but he actually got it right. Yeah. that there Jesus is the king. And that's what it means for Jesus to be a king not of this world. It means that he his reign comes through different acts, through different means than the way this world reigns. Right. And, and we're going to see it full force in what John has been calling his glory all along in his cross. Yeah. And how many times has he, Jesus told, said that to us? You know, the greatest among you is a servant. He, yeah. That he's come to serve and not be served. He was going to give his life as a ransom for many and lay down his life for his friends. This this isn't this isn't worldly kingdom talk here. Mm. Yeah, and, and 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 just a week earlier comes in, into the city riding on a donkey, you know, in, in humility, and and now he's standing before Pilate here, probably already somewhat you know beaten. Uh, at least he's been arrested and, and trial and, and, and abuse. He's not looking like a king here. Um, and uh, if, if, if it was a worldly kingdom, it would, it would keep him from being crucified. It would keep him from being delivered to the Jews, as he says. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, that's, if, if this was a worldly kingdom, his servants would be fighting. Mm -hmm. But it is not a worldly kingdom. And again, we, we want to make sure that it's a kingdom that doesn't rule like the world does, because that this kingdom of Jesus, and, and you know, sometimes we'll talk about it, Jesus has a spiritual kingdom, and that's true, but it, I, I want to, I guess the, the thing I don't want people to get the, the idea is that that means it's some sort of, like, non-physical thing, you know? Mm. Like, the, the kingdom of God does come to us as we pray in the Lord's Prayer, 
when the Holy Spirit works through those means of grace that he delivers in the church. And so the, the kingdom of God comes into this world, right? It, it is something that comes to us physically. When, when you and I hear the word of God, when we receive the sacrament, that is the kingdom of God coming to us in very physical ways. Mm-hmm. So we shouldn't hear Jesus' kingdom is not of this world, meaning it's some sort of non-physical thing. Mm-hmm. Rather, we should understand, again, as the about the way he rules. Yeah. And that's, yeah, and, and I know uh, as I'm listening to you, I'm, I'm hearing echoes of, of Professor Gibbs, Dr. Gibbs <laughs> yeah. from the seminary. You, we, we both have. There you go, yeah. And <laughs> this was something that, that he emphasized very helpfully mm-hmm. so that we do, I mean, and this is helpful for, for all Christians to understand that God's kingdom is his way of reigning. Mm-hmm. And he does reign in this world, but he reigns in ways that are just different than the way Pontius Pilate, the Roman Caesar, the United States president, any worldly kingdom just doesn't rule the way Jesus does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I take that as a compliment that you would associate me with, me with him in, in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> yeah. This was, uh, yeah, again, this was one of the, the things that he emphasized, and I think yeah. very helpfully so. Indeed. So that it, it wasn't just about, you know, because when we hear the word kingdom, we, we do hear, you know, more like a, a just one particular location. I, I usually think of like castles and medieval things when I hear the word kingdom. Sure. But, but Jesus, when he uses the word kingdom, is talking about the activity of God reigning. And, mm-hmm. and here before Pontius Pilate, and this is what's so striking, and what, what Pilate, I don't think you ever see him wrap his mind around this. The, the fact of the matter is Jesus is reigning as a king right there in front of Pilate. Right. When he is bound mm-hmm. and and under arrest and on trial, Jesus is reigning as the king at that moment, mm-hmm. and and that's something I don't think Pilate ever ever sees. It's certainly very backward to the world. No, he's he's pretty preoccupied with a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, other stuff. Maybe maybe we'll get to talk about that. But that uh, you've said it so right. It, it's it's manifested. It's here now. In in, yeah. in 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 a physical way, and Jesus kind of affirms that in thirty seven. He says, "I'm here to bear witness to, to to this truth of God's kingdom here for 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 this purpose that I've come." You know, I've I, he he's here bearing witness to that truth of 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 the kingdom. There is no truth without Jesus. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, I mean, so Pilate responds to Jesus' initial words in verse thirty six. So you are a king. Mm-hmm. I, it sounds like that Pilate has in mind still what he's had in mind all along. He's still concerned about some sort of earthly rebellion. He's still concerned about some sort of uprising among the Jews, right. some sort of rival to Caesar or himself as, as governor. Mm-hmm. Are you a king? Now, Jesus answers, <laughs> you say that I am a king. Yeah. And as he, I think you pointed this out before. Jesus, his answers, man, just say yes or no. Uh, but I think <laughs> if I, that's, that's very impious of me to say that. It's too, but it, too it, easy. It's not... It, well, I think this is the way that I've always understood this. You say that I'm a king. Jesus is saying to Pilate, okay, those are those are the words you want to use, and I am a king, but I'm not a king in the way that you think I'm a king. That's the way that I've always understood Jesus to, yeah, to talk. Yeah, yeah. In, 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 in the uh, in, in the the musical Jesus Christ Superstar, his his answer is your words, not mine. Kind of ooh, mm. <laughs> uh, which a little different there, but yeah, it, it's it, it, it's it's not answering the question for sure. Well, and it's not that he's, he's certainly not denying it, you know, no. because he has talked about his kingdom. So he must be a king of some sort. Yeah. But I think he's, he's really, you know, calling Pilate. Again, 
in this trial of Pilate to examine what Jesus has just said. You know, are you a king? Well, you've said it, but do you really understand what that means for me to be a king, Pilate? Mm -hmm. And I I think that's what, again, Pilate doesn't ever grasp, but that's what I'm taking Jesus to, to try to lead Pilate toward that. Really examine this, Pilate. You're saying I'm a king. Think about what that means, because it doesn't mean what you think it does. There's something different going on here with my kingdom. And, and then Jesus connects it to truth. So talk about that truth a little bit more that Jesus is talking about. Oh, okay. Um, I thought I lost my internet there. Um, yeah, he's come to bear witness to, 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 to the truth that this is true. The, the, his kingdom is here. His kingdom is, is uh, not as we think of, of, of kingdom here um, and, 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 and talks about truth. And, and, and Pilate is, you know, just, I think he just throws up his arms and says, you know, what is truth? That in, in Latin is beautiful. Quid est veritas? You know, what is truth? Um, and when we listen to Jesus speak, we, we hear that truth. We, we, we hear the truth. In fact, he is the truth. He's the way, truth, and life. I guess when Jesus, when, when he answers what is truth, Jesus could have just kind of smiled at him and says, well, yeah, I've already said that. That, 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 yeah. that, that That's me here. Um, so I'm, I'm curious on, since you're with verse 38, where Pilate said to him, what is truth? That's, that's one of the many places within the scriptures where I wish we could get a tone of voice to that. Yeah. This, yeah. this one, I've, I've never, I've never been fully able to nail down in my own mind. I think when I read it out loud, I usually read it with some sort of skepticism on the part of Pilate. You know, what, what is truth? Mm-hmm. Almost like is this is a question that maybe we aren't going to be able to answer. Yeah. That he, you know, he's still just sort of shaking his head at Jesus and not really grasping the full situation that's in front of him. Mm. But I mean, from the words on the page, it could be an honest question. What what is truth? Yeah, you know where he where he really wants to know, rather than the sense of skepticism. Mm-hmm. Again, when I've when I've read it out loud, you know, as a part of a worship service, or even just a moment ago, I've always taken it more in that skeptical way. But I I still always wondered maybe maybe Pilate really wants to know. I, I've always thought of Pilate somewhat sympathetically in the Gospels mm-hmm. oh, because yeah. on on the one hand he. I, I've seen him as a very uh, tragic figure in the sense that he, there's plenty of moments where it seems like he wants to do the right thing, but he doesn't have the the strength or the will to actually do it. Right. And so, I mean, I, that what is truth, maybe maybe he really wants to know, and if he would listen, he'd find out. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. He asked what is truth, and, and as you said, you know, it's, it's standing in front of it. Literally, it, it is standing in front of him here. Um, that the, the, the truth, I agree. I, I think Pilate is, I don't think he's so skeptical. I think he really wants to know. He really wants himself to come out of this looking good because he's got, he's, he's got history problems here. So he, so he says, he says, what is the truth of this situation? Okay. You are a King. What does that mean? You know, I want to know some more here. Um, yeah. and, uh, it, but the, 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 truth is right there that yeah. the truth that Jesus has come to suffer and die and rise again to communicate that truth of God's love for the world to every people and every, every language group, you know, John three sixteen, you know, that, 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 you know, God gave his son, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, for, 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 so that the whole world would know. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, 
I, I think as we if it's moving to 38, then or, or into 39 or, or in 38, you know, he, yeah. he, he, he goes out, he's, he's, he's obviously at least somewhat frustrated or satisfied in that he's done nothing wrong. I find yeah. no guilt in him. He's got that at least, you know, he's, whatever he's thinking, he's at least, you know, brings it back to the trial and says, I find no guilt in him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. So, I mean, just to, to, at least with the way the narrative is going on the, on the one hand, I think there's a couple things going on for those who have ears to hear and those who are reading the, the gospel of John with faith. This is one of those moments where you see the, the irony. And as you said, Pilate just needs to look in front of him. There is the truth. Mm-hmm. As we read it, we have those eyes to see right. and, and the ears to hear what Jesus has said, mm-hmm. to know that what is truth, the answer is right there in what Jesus has just said. Yeah. It's in his own words. Listen to his voice. There you will find truth. Yeah. And, Pi- and Pilate's, Pilate's probably not going to get it at this point. No. But, and, and, yeah. and, you know, looking kind of, kind of beyond, in, in, in tradition, Pilate may have become a believer. There's, there's, some, there's some things about that, or at least through his wife, Claudia seems even more sympathetic. In, in, in other readings, but uh, yeah, who knows? You know where 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 where, sure. where it went from there. Yeah, sure. So, but then as the at least in terms of the way the the trial is going, what is truth? Pilate at least seems to come to the conclusion that in this case, truth means Jesus hasn't actually done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. So, at least on the you know on that first level surface reading of the text, with Pilate's initial question, "Are you the King of the Jews? Are you here to lead an uprising?" Mm-hmm. by verse thirty eight. Pilate says, "Nope, he's not here for that purpose. No, no guilt. Right? Yeah. That's that's what he means." Yeah. Which, on, on, a, on a deeper level, what Jesus has come to do, yeah, he has a lot of guilt on him, uh, but not guilt of his own. No, 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 no. He says, I, I, "Right, he he stands there as the innocent one above all others, mm-hmm. but he has come to bear, as John the Baptist proclaimed at the beginning of this gospel. Yeah, he's come to bear and carry the sins of the world. Yeah, and Isaiah too. That he's he's carried he's he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows and and and, and that that so he 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 he's got guilt uh, on him, but not in him." Maybe we could put it that way. That's right. Yeah. 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 It's not, he is the innocent one who has committed no sin, mm-hmm. and yet he is carrying the sins of the world to save the world from them. Yeah. So Pilate is saying, I find no guilt in him, which is, you know, again, we should we should recognize that as a, a true testimony in the sense that, yeah, he's totally innocent. He's not done anything wrong. He's not committed any sins, but he is going to go forward from here, carrying the sins of the world for the sake of the world to save the world. Yeah. So Pilate, I find no guilt in him, but he has something that he's going to, to throw out to the Jews. He, sa- he talks about a custom of releasing a man for the Passover and then asks them if they want to release the king of the Jews. So talk about this offer that Pilate makes to them. Well, by saying, hey, he, he's not, I find no guilt in him. Okay, that gets me off the hook. I'll, I'll take it a step further. Okay. In fact, you've got a custom about this, about re- releasing somebody at, at at Passover festival, um, you know, maybe I can, I can weasel out of this even more here and you guys will, uh, maybe there's enough sympathy for Jesus that, you know, I'll release him and you guys will be happy and go have your Passover and I'll, I can get out of here and go back to, uh, get back to Caesarea. Um, but the Jews don't fall for it. <laughs> um, uh, we, no, we, we don't want him. We, we want this other guy. We want, we want Barabbas. Um, mm. but it's interesting when it says, do you want me to release to you who? The king of the Jews. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, that is that is interesting that he he that's the way he phrases it. Not do you want me to release this man or do you want me to release to you Jesus, but do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? He throws that term at them to see what they'll do with it. And and they say no, not this man but Barabbas. And and John the evangelist notes that Barabbas was a robber. Mm-hmm. Now again, historically this is what happened that Barabbas goes free, Jesus continues under arrest and to his cross. But there's some some theological truth, I think, that we can mine here about what happens between with Barabbas and Jesus. Yeah, and, and Barabbas probably was more than just a, a, a robber. He committed a capital crime. He's, you know, um, I, I, I think the, the, the cross that's ready for Jesus, I think, was meant for Barabbas that, 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 yeah. that morning. He, he was to be crucified as well. Uh, so Jesus literally takes his place. Uh, on, on the cross and takes our place on the cross that, that we should, we should suffer for that too. But, uh, um, and, it, and the irony there in Barabbas's name is always interesting. You know, Bar- Barabbas, Bar Abba, the, the son of the father, when Jesus is the real son of the father <laughs> um, right. and, and the, the, the wrong son is, is killed basically here. Right, yeah, they they ask for the son of the father, who is a robber, a murderer, one who truly deserves to die. I mean, it's not. I suppose I, I don't I don't know this, but it's it's not hard to imagine Pilate at one point in you know the previous year or so looking at Barabbas and saying, "I find guilt in him." Mm. I mean, you know, looking at him at his trial, and again, I don't I don't know that, that Pilate would have put Barabbas on trial, but he's certainly a prisoner at the time. And I have no, I have very little doubt that Pilate would have presided at the trial over Barabbas hmm. and said, "Yes, you are guilty. You have done all these things. You deserve that cross." Hmm. And yet here stands Jesus, the one that Pilate has just rightly pointed at and said, "There is no guilt in this man." Yeah. And yet now he is about to go to that cross that Barabbas deserved. And he does so as the son of the father, the son of the father who didn't deserve that cross, but he goes there for the sake of us. I mean, this is that, mm. talk a little bit more about this, this great exchange. This is sometimes the language that we use mm. and we see it happen. Talk about this great exchange that happens with, between Jesus and sinners. Yeah, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's uh, out, of the, out of the picture to put us in the place of Barabbas. You know, we are guilty. We're, he's the king of the Jews and we're the king of guilt here. And, and, and we walk away. And, and he picks up the cross and, and goes that uh, uh, Barabbas is set free and, and we're set free for, for, from our sins. Um, so that, 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 that's the exchange. The, uh, the, 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 the guilty are forgiven. The, the innocent one takes the punishment for us. Uh, it's, just, it's almost too literal here in, in Barabbas mm. being able to, to physically walk away and, and and, and, and we, we, are, we are blessed with that, too, in, in our forgiveness. Uh, it, uh, there's, there's, it doesn't hold, us against, hold it against us anymore. Yeah, that's right. That's right. This is, I mean, what, what Jesus does here, as you said from the outset, he does not just for the Jews, not just for the Romans, he does for all people. Mm-hmm. As, as all people, as we, we're seeing in this narrative, all people are playing some kind of a role in the death of Jesus, so all people have available to them the benefits mm. of the death of Jesus. Mm. And Barabbas is the picture at this moment 
of the guilty one who deserved the cross that goes free because Jesus, the innocent one, takes his cross. And that is that great exchange. Now, Barabbas, historically, it doesn't seem likely, although we, I suppose I don't know, that he, he doesn't receive this in faith. I, I suppose something like this could have been a, a moment where he, he is like, oh, wow, what is, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Barabbas, we don't know anything about that. But for us as Christians, this is a moment for us to look at with faith, to see Jesus take our place, to see him carry our sins, mm-hmm. to know that he does so as the innocent one, and he freely carries them to the cross for the sake of, of saving us, forgiving us, washing us clean, and making us his own. That is a, a wonderful moment for us to, to rejoice and give hearty thanks to God for all that he has done for us in Christ. And just to maybe to come back to where we started, once again, see how willingly and knowingly Jesus does all of this. You know, I mean, in this whole conversation with Pilate, you really get the, the sense that Jesus is the one in control of all of it. Mm-hmm. And if he really wanted to, he could he could make it all stop, but he never does that. Mm. At this moment where he's about to be sentenced to crucifixion, he goes on willingly for the sake of saving people like Barabbas, people like Pilate, people like Caiaphas, people like you and me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Final thoughts, Pastor Mitwitty. We got about a minute left. Yeah, you know, Pilate was, was stuck. He, you know, he 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 was stuck between the Jews and the, and the and the Roman uh, Empire here. He he had, he had messed up some things with, with the Jews and messing up again would be really disastrous for his political career. So he, he, he really tries to, to, to get Jesus free. But, but again, Jesus is, he, he, he has come for this purpose. His kingdom is, is to do this very thing. Um, so we can't blame Pilate in a way. I think he looks very sympathetic to him in, in, in a way. Instead, he makes it into the creed. <laughs> yeah, he suffered under Pontius Pilate. He, he's always there. there. But uh, uh, perhaps we'll be able to converse with him in, in, in glory someday. Uh, we, yeah. we, we, we pray for that and, uh, and hope so. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus' kingdom is at this moment coming. That is the, yeah. the wonderful news of John chapter 18. Mm-hmm. Pastor Richard Mitwitty is pastor at University Lutheran Church in Austin, Texas. He's been helping us today to study John chapter 18, verses 28 to 40. Pastor Mitwitty, thanks for being our guest today. My privilege and pleasure. Thank you. I am your host here on Sharper Iron, Pastor Timothy Apple of Faith Lutheran Church in Godfrey, Illinois. If you have any questions about the gospel according to St. John, send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org. It's always a joy to hear from you. Thanks for spending the morning with us. Talk again tomorrow.